0: Pastor Xavier Reese and the impact of God's Word on today's Simple Truths. Ezekiel would speak to his people in vain.
1: Listen, the Word goes forth and people are getting comfortable. And rather than you seeing your maladjustment with God and adjusting yourself, you start excusing or complaining. The Word of God is for me to hear and to make those adjustments, to get lined up with God, not to excuse myself.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's word with Xavier Reese, senior pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. How do you prepare for the call of God on your life? Is ministry only for a certain select few? Let's join Pastor Xavier in the book of Ezekiel for a look at what it takes to be a servant of the Lord. Here he is with today's lesson simply titled Called, Anointed, and Sent. The call on men's
1: lives differs in the scriptures. There are no two men alike. God always wants a man to be the one who's looking to him. The call of Ezekiel began with the vision of the glory of God in chapter 1, as he was there taken back in awe of this majestic sight. Now in chapter 2 and 3, Ezekiel's commission is characterized by the following. First, the mission. Secondly, the proclamation of Ezekiel. And then thirdly, the consecration of Ezekiel. Very unique call. Like Jeremiah's, like Isaiah's, like Paul's, different. Like mine, like those who have been called into ministry. Common thread, God calls. How, when, is different. Verse 2, Ezekiel is enabled by God by the command given to him. Then the Spirit entered Ezekiel when he spoke to him. The Spirit of God set him on his feet. The prophet heard God speak to him. Notice in verse 3 through 5, the prophet Ezekiel was being sent to a disloyal nation. Yahweh was saying here that his people had become a heathen nation. Whoa, what an indictment. Their character is said in verse 4, For they are impudent and stubborn children. The word impudent means cruel and difficult, obstinate, hard-headed. Notice Ezekiel is being sent in the authority of Yahweh. I am sending you to them, and you shall say to them, thus saith the Lord Yahweh, God Elohim. Ezekiel describes the experience as agreeable. Notice the word was palatable, agreeable to him, by the phrase "in sweetness, being one with God, excluded from judgment. but if he revolted against God of the people, then he would fall under judgment. Psalm 1910 says. More to be desired are they than gold, speaking about the word. Yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. The word of God nourishes us, feeds us. You remember John, the beloved, as he received the revelation? In Revelation chapter 10, verses 8 through 11, he says, Then the voice which I heard from heaven spoke to me again and said, Go and take this little book which is open in the hand of the angel who stands in the sea and the earth. So I went to the angel and said to him, give me the little book. And he said to me, take it and eat it, and it will make your stomach bitter, but it will be sweet as honey in your mouth. Then I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it, and it was as sweet honey in my mouth. But when I had eaten it, my stomach became bitter. And he said to me, you must prophesy again about many places or peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. It is no different today. The pastor, first of all, must be partakers. The word must permeate his life. He cannot separate his life from the pulpit from his life in his home or in the world. Joe said, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of, my, of his mouth more than my necessary food, Joe 23, 12. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, for righteousness they shall be filled. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Meditate upon the word day and night, then you should be prosperous have good success, Joshua 1, eight. The hard-working farmer must burst to be partaker of his crop or his fruit, Second 2 Timothy 2, six. I cannot give to you what I do not have. I cannot take you higher than my own relationship from the pulpit. It's impossible. The proclamation of Ezekiel, though it was through a man, was the inspired word of God. And notice thirdly, we have the consecration of Ezekiel. Verse 4 to 15 of chapter 3. First in verse 4 through 7, the prophet Ezekiel was chosen to go and to speak to the people that would not listen to him. How would you like that mission? (laughs) Verse 4, the commission is repeated and again was personal to Ezekiel. He said to him, son of man, to be the, he was to be the mouthpiece of God to Israel. Go to the house of Israel and speak my words to them with my words emphasized again. The phrase house of Israel, as you know, appears here about 83 times in the book. It's in reference to the northern and the southern kingdom. They were both in captivity. The reason I point that out is some people teach the lost tribes of Israel. There's no lost tribes. Some people just lost their mind, but there's no lost tribes, okay? The word go is literally go, go, marking urgency. God's timing is crucial. It's not only the man. But the right timing, and as we're going to finish this point, it's the right location. God calls the man, anoints the man, sends the man at the right time, at the right place, and God makes it go. This is the third time he is commissioned. But each focuses on something different. If you just read it casually. The first in chapter 2, verse 3 through 8, focus on the rebelliousness and hostility of the people he's being sent to. The second, in verse 9 of chapter 2, to verse 3 of chapter 3, focuses on the imparting of the message to be delivered. God's. And then here the third one focuses on the preparation of the prophet to accomplish his ministry. Look at verse 5. The commission was to be through the common language of Ezekiel, Hebrew. Ezekiel was being sent to his own people who spoke Hebrew, not a foreign language. For you are not sent to a people of unfamiliar speech or of a hard language, but to the house of Israel, not to many people of unfamiliar speech or a hard language whose words you cannot understand. Literally, of deep lip and heavy tongue. In other words, hard to understand. He wasn't sent to China, Mexico. It was to the Hebrews in captivity. But notice, Ezekiel would have been treated better and more courteous by a foreign people. Listen to the words. Surely, had I sent you to them, the foreigners, they would have listened to you. Whoa, what a charge. What a charge. And so this is what happens from the pulpit, guys. Listen, listen. The word goes forth, and people are getting comfortable, and they say, "Wow, well, you know, he's always real negative. Listen to that. And rather than you seeing your... Maladjustment with God and adjusting yourself, you start excusing or complaining or judging. The word of God is for me to hear and to make those adjustments, to get lined up with God, not to excuse myself. Jonah's a good example. He went to Nineveh. They listened to him. And maybe they got saved. <laughs> That's why Jonah didn't want to go. He knew God could save rotten sinners. Ezekiel will speak to his people in vain. But the house of Israel will not listen to you. Whoa. So why go? Go, because God says go. But Ezekiel's given very clear reasons for the disobedience to the message that he would proclaim. First, because they will not listen to me. Wow. If people don't listen to God, if you don't listen to God on a personal daily basis, I know you're not going to listen to me. You're just here to feel good. To kind of say, well, yeah, I go to church. Jesus said, he who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you're not of God. John eight forty seven. But Ezekiel is given another reason. The people would not listen to him. For all the house of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted. A word... There we've seen impudent means stiff-necked, translated stubborn in chapter 2, verse 4. Hard-hearted, cruel, obstinate, hard-headed, translated impudent in 2, 4 also. It is easier to overcome a language barrier than a callous heart. When you have a callous heart and a bonehead, might as well forget it. Jesus pointed us out of prophets without honor in his own home. Woe to you, Chorazin, Woe to you, Beseda. For the works that have been done in you that were done in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have repented long ago. Notice verse 8 and 9. The prophet Ezekiel was going to be empowered to be more resilient than the rebellious Israelites to fulfill his mission. Verse 8 Yahweh strengthens Ezekiel. He made him more stern of countenance than the people. Behold, I have made your face strong against their faces. Take note. It was done as Yahweh spoke. It is the perfect tense. I have made right now. He equips him. Remember, Ezekiel's name means God strengthens. There's a play on words here. (laughs) Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Zechariah 4, 6. Yahweh made him more persistent and determined than the people. And your forehead strong against their forehead. Let's go toe-to-toe. I'm not backing down. Verse 9, Yahweh illustrates this prepared endurance. Listen, it's an illustration. Like Adam stone harder than flint, I have made your forehead. The word adamant has the idea of hard and sharp. Translated, diamond in Jeremiah 17.1. Flint in Zechariah 7.12. When someone says, I'm adamant about something, it means they are stubbornly unyielding. Hard. That's where we get the word. Harder than flint. Flint was used for knives. And some of those knives were used for circumcision. God wanted to circumcise the heart of these people, but they were hard. And so the illustration is that Ezekiel... Though flint is hard and sharp, which he equates to the people, Ezekiel would be adamant stone much harder. So Yahweh again exhorts Ezekiel in view of the difficult commission. He was not to be afraid in verse 9 there. Do not be afraid of them. He was not to be intimidated nor be dismayed at their looks. He was to be aware of their rebellious nature, though they are rebellious house. God lays the cards out. Notice, now in verse 10 and 11, the prophet Ezekiel was given the only remedy for the people. Listen, it's never changed. Listen to it. Verse 10, the prophet was to embrace the message wholeheartedly. Moreover, he said to me, Son of man, receive into your heart all my words that I speak to you. The heart refers to the inner man, the mind, the soul, the understanding, being a primary protection to him himself, then the people. You don't put it in your brain necessarily, but it speaks of who you really are. The prophet was to tune his ear to Yahweh and hear with your ears to discern the voice of God literally to catch with your ear, distinguishing it from the voice of man. Jeremiah 20, verse 7 through 9, he says, O oh Lord, you induced me, and I was persuaded. You were stronger than I, and I have prevailed. I am in der- derision daily. Everyone mocks me. For when I spoke, I cried out. I shouted violence and plunder, because the word of the Lord Yahweh was made to me a reproach and a derision daily. Then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more of his name. Remember? He was going to quit the ministry. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. (laughs) The prophet was to be the representative of Yahweh. That's all. That's all. Nothing more. Your pastor is an errand boy for God a waiter on tables. That's all we are as pastors. Glorify waiter boys. Look at verse 11. Before the house of Israel, and go, get to the captives, the children of your people, by the authority of Yahweh, and speak to them and tell them, thus saith the Lord Yahweh. Be it heeded or not, again he's told. Whether they hear or whether they refuse, it doesn't matter. That's not his responsibility. Paul the Apostle in 1 Corinthians 1, 21 through 25 says this, For since the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign, and the Greek Seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jewish stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called both Jew and Greek, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God because the foolishness of God is wiser than man and the weakness of God is stronger than man. There's only one remedy, people, for your life and mine in this world. The word of God. The word of God. And so the prophet Ezekiel was transported to the captives in verse 12 through 15. God appeared to him, called him, commissioned him, prepared him, and he took him there. Ezekiel didn't do this on his own. What a lesson to men today and every generation. Look at verse 12. Ezekiel was lifted up by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, the same Spirit that directed the cherubim in chapter 1. The same spirit that entered the prophet to put him on his feet in chapter 2, verse 2. In verse 12, Ezekiel heard the worship of Yahweh from his throne. And I heard behind me a great thundering voice. Blessing, blesses the glory of the Lord Yahweh for his place. The same thing he saw in chapter 1. Here it is again. Among the cherubims, I also heard the noise of the wings of the living creatures touching one another, and the noise of the wheels besides them, and the great thundering noise. Verse 13. John the Beloved, the same thing. As he saw in the book of Revelation, chapter 4, verse 5 and 6, he, he saw uh, lightning and thunders and the lamp and the burning throne and the seven spirits and the sea of glass and just oh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, uh, Micaiah. Man. And so Ezekiel was carried off by the Spirit. Verse 14. Ezekiel was not imagining something or hallucinating So the spirit lifted me up and took me away. He's very aware of what's going on. John was transported by the spirit in the book of Revelation to the future. Philip was raptured, arpaused, from ministering to the Ethiopian eunuch to Azotus. Ezekiel was overwhelmed emotionally. And I went in bitterness, in the heat of my spirit. The word bitterness has the idea of, of resentfulness, anger, in other words, it's a hard ministry. It's very grieving. The book of Ruth 113 says, Do not call me Naomi now bitter. For the Lord has dealt bitterly with me. And she came back without a husband, without sons. In the heat, burning anger, displeasure, righteous anger. Notice 14: Ezekiel was very aware of the presence of Yahweh on this person. But the hand of the Lord Yahweh was strong upon me. The phrase is repeated over and over again through the book, describing the enabling the enabling of Ezekiel, guiding him, directing him, sustaining him. And then finally in verse 15, Ezekiel was translocated. Ezekiel identifies the settlement. Then I came to the captives of tel Aviv. We've covered tel Aviv there and the area of uh, where it says who dwell by the river Kibar. This is the geographical location between the Euphrates and the Tigris, uh, literally a, a water channel. Um, and Ezekiel indicates his overwhelming effect of the vision. For one week, Daniel was sick for weeks. This is not just, oh, yeah, like watching some flick. Okay, now I'll go do it. Uh-uh. Job's friends, being over all over his great grief, just sat quietly for seven days. Job 2.13. A herald would be hired by the king or the state to make proclamations. The message was not his. It was given to him. The authority was not his. It was vested to him. He was not responsible for the response of the people. He was only responsible for the proclamation. This is Ezekiel and every person who's a Christian, but primarily the pastor, the one called the ministry in this context. Bible school and seminary doesn't mean you're anointed or called. It just means you have Bible knowledge and information. Paul says in Galatians 2:2, and I went up by revelation and communicated to them the gospel which I preached among the Gentiles, but privately to those who were the reputation less... By any means, I might run, and had run in vain. Paul did not go on his own. He went where God directed him. He did only what God directed him. That's the key. Peter and John answered, and they said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God you judge, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard, Acts four nineteen and 20. That's all. To be true to God, to be, to be faithful, loyal, his word. The danger is always of willful ignorance through unbelief of the people. Hardened hearts. Therefore, there must be perseverance from the shepherd. Paul put it this way to Corinthians, second Corinthians twelve, fifteen. I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. That goes along with ministry. Like you as parents. The more you love, the less you be loved at times. It's okay. That goes with the territory. No problem. The hardened heart is... Constantly warned against in the scriptures, uh, bitterness of life situations. They want to blame God and everything else. Uh, we have to guard our heart. Let me give you some scriptures. Proverbs four twenty three: Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring forth the issues of life. Uh, Matthew fifteen nineteen: From the heart proceed evil thoughts, fornications, adultery, so on and so forth. Jeremiah 79 The heart of man is deceitful, desperately wicked. Above all things, who can know it? Only God. The only solution for the heart of unbelief and rebellion is the word of God, then. Deuteronomy 10 16 says, Therefore, circumcise the foreskin of your hearts and be, and be stiff necked no longer. It's a heart problem. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119, 10 and 11. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God, Hebrews 3, 12. The entire parable of the sower speaks and focuses on the heart, the soils, the hard heart, the shallow heart, the compromising heart, and then the good heart. Where are you this morning? At the end of that parable... Jesus says in Matthew thirteen, thirteen through 15, he says, Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive, for the heart's of his people have grown dull their ears are hard of hearing their eyes they have closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them it cuts both ways you refuse to see he gives you greater blindness you choose to see he gives you greater light the decision is on your part and mine no one else The consecration of Ezekiel, though it seemed futile, he was to speak God's word. Here you have the commission of Ezekiel, characterized by these three elements. The mission of Ezekiel, though difficult, would be successful due to the fact that he was called by God. The proclamation of Ezekiel, though it was through a man, was the inspired word of God. The consecration of Ezekiel, though it seemed futile, he was to speak the word of God. No other solution, people. It will never change. Called, anointed, and sent.
0: Pastor Xavier Rees and the importance of staying faithful to your calling. And you can pick up a copy of today's study, Called, Anointed, and Sent, It's available on CD for just $4. And this will also include what Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together. So once again, the title to ask for is Called, Anointed, and Sent. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it helps us when you include the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This information is necessary for monitoring the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. If jealousy is a bad thing, then is God wrong? A look at a jealous God on the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. An intriguing study. Next time. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com